Today we're going to be talking about moving on. We're going to be talking about moving on, overcoming the past. And like I said before, the past, that could be anything. Amen. That's going, that could be our own personal failures. That can be the things we experience, you know, in life and what have you. With that being said, we're going to be coming from the book of Philippians, starting at chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. Philippians 3, chapter 13 through 15, it says, Brethren, now this Paul talking, I do not count myself to have apprehended, right? And then he goes on to say, But this one thing I do, forgetting those things of which are behind, and he says that he does what? He says, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. And we're going to break that down in a minute. He says, verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So now I'm going to be rewind. We're going to unpack that. Paul, first of all, Paul said, listen, I do not count myself to have apprehended. Now, what is Paul saying there when he said, I don't count myself to have apprehended? He says, Paul realized what? He realized that he hadn't arrived. You know, sometimes, too many times, we, we, you know, we got to be careful that we don't develop this attitude that like we have arrived, that we have uh, gotten to a point where we're so strong in God, we're so mature, or we're so great in God that there's no more room for learning. In other words, um, a lot of time we can get the big head. We think we have made it. Amen. See, this is the thing we need to understand. In this life, this life we live down here, we never arrive. Amen. You know, I have a little saying right here. It says, living this life is like running on a treadmill. And the reason I use that for example is because, you know, on a treadmill, if you ever notice, the minute you stop moving, you automatically go back just because the way a uh, treadmill is designed is designed to where you have to always be in motion. And that's how it is living in this life. You know, we have to always be moving forward because if we're not moving forward, we're moving backwards. We either moving forward or we, we either moving backwards and you move backwards without even trying to move backwards. Amen. So listen to this. Having a I've arrived attitude what it does, it produces spiritual complacency. In other words, self-satisfaction. A lot of times we get self-satisfied and we stop striving. We stop um, trying to grow in God. We stop pursuing God, amen, like we once did. You know, we're supposed to always be in pursuit of God. I like that song. Um, that, uh, it was a real popular song. It used to say, I'm a God chaser. We're supposed to be always chasing after God. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58, look what it says. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, stable, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor, our work is not in vain in the Lord. You know, now in the Amplified Version, it puts it like this. This is going to tack it down a little better. It says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now, it, it breaks it down. It says, always being superior, excel, excelling, excuse me, doing, I like this, more than enough in the service of the Lord. You see there? 
doing more than enough in the service of the Lord. See, we should always be doing more. We should be always seeking to go higher, always seeking to grow, always seeking to accomplish more. We should never get satisfied knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. See, we got to understand that the things that we're doing for God, the work that God has called us to do is not in vain. Amen. Even though sometimes it may look like we're not getting nowhere, it's not in vain. And here's the power point right here. We are always, now get this, we are always in a state of spiritual growth. See, we always growing. We never get to a point where we didn't grow enough. Amen. In our personal spiritual lives, right? And in the work God has called us to do. Like, for example, if you're a minister, you, you, we're always growing. We, we haven't arrived. We'll never arrive. Amen. We're constantly growing. Enough is never enough. When do we get to a point where we've grown to a certain point that we don't need no more growth? We'll never reach that point because we're always growing. Amen. Until the day we die, we're going to always be growing, always learning. Amen. Always uh, getting stronger, always striving to, to get better. That should be our attitude. And then Paul goes on to say, he says, but this one thing I do. He says, forgetting those things which are what? Behind. In other words, Paul was talking about forgetting what? The past. So in order to move forward, which is the title of our lesson, in order to what? Overcome the past, we have to learn how to forget the past. Too many times we are so focused on the things that we've been through, the things that has happened to us. Amen. Some people get stuck in the past. And they can't move forward because why? They're looking backwards. You know, I heard somebody say one time, the reason God put eyes in the front of our head because he don't want us looking backwards, <laughs> you know. So we have to constantly be what? Looking forward. So it says here, Paul focused mainly on one thing, forgetting the past. He understood the power of, watch this, a short memory. See, we have to have a short memory in the sense that we what? We, we learn to forget things quickly, the good and the bad. See, we can't, build, we can't build a monument based upon a moment. A lot of times we build monuments based upon things that have happened to us or things, even good things we have achieved. You know, we have to learn how to, when God bless us to do good things, achieve good things, we thank God for it, we give him the praise, but then we move on. Amen. See, life is, is what? It's a war. And that's a series of battles. And the reason I said that life is a war is because a war is what? A, a war consists of a lot of battles. See, we can lose a battle. I want to point this out. We can lose a battle. In other words, we can mess up. Because sometimes we do. Sometimes we come short. Sometimes we miss the mark. We can lose a battle, but still win the war. You know, because guess what? It's not one battle we're in. Some days we we may come short of the glory of God, but guess what? We can always get back up, repent, ask God to forgive us, and get and do what? Move forward. And that's what we're talking about, moving forward. The blueprint for overcoming the past. And this example I'm going to give is here is of a, a NFL quarterback. 
You know, I noticed something. You know, I watch football. In fact, I'm going to watch football today. Uh, I noticed how NFL quarterbacks do. You know, many times they can make a bad pass, all right? They can throw an interception. And guess what? When they get back on that field, they got to forget about that mistake. They got to put that behind them. Amen. They got to put that in the back of their memory because guess what? They can't focus on that one mistake. They got to focus on winning the game. They can't afford to focus on one bad play. So what I'm trying to tell us here today is we can't focus on so much on the mistakes we've made. We can't focus on the things we done that wasn't right or the things that happened to us that wasn't right or what have you. We have to focus on the whole game, not just one play. We have to focus on the, the big picture, not the small picture. Amen. Look what Proverbs 24 and 16 says. It says, for the just man, he falleth what? Seven times and rises up again. But the wicked should fall into mischief. It says a just man fall seven times. That means he may fall more than one time. He may trip up quite a few times, but guess what? Every time he falls, what does he do? He gets back up. See, we don't have a quitter's mentality. Amen. We have a what? A winner's mentality. Even though we come short sometimes, guess what? We may be down, but we're not going to stay down. Amen. It's, okay. It's, it's, it's all right to fall, but guess what? Make sure you get back up. Amen. Don't allow one mistake to sink you. Proverbs 24 and 16 says, in the New Living, it says, The godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. You see that? And so I want to tell everybody on here, listen, if you made a mistake, if you messed up, get back up again. It says, but one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. See, we're not the wicked, we're the godly. We're winners. Amen. We're not design, designed to stay down. God has created us to be conquerors. In fact, the Bible says this. It says that we are what? More than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. So guess what? We have the victory already. Like I said, we may lose a battle, but in the end, we win. In fact, I would say this. We already won in Christ Jesus. Proverbs 28 and 13. It says he that covered. So we got to make sure we admit our sin. He that covered his sin should not prosper. But whoever confess it, see there, we got to admit it. We got to confess that thing to God and forsake it. Know what that means? We turn from it. Them shall have mercy. And it says, it puts it like this in the New Living Translation. It says, people who conceal their sins, in other words, who hide their sins, they try to cover it up. It says they will not prosper. But if they confess it to God, I ain't telling us to confess everything to everybody. Amen. Confess our sins to God and turn from them. That means to repent. They will have mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is clemency. You know, that's much, That's like when people are in jail. Sometimes the judge will have, they have this thing called clemency where they, they would have mercy on them. Amen. And they'll wind up getting out of prison or whatever. Why? Because the judge made the decision to release them. So if we learn how to do what confess our sin to God and turn from him, in other words, repent, God will have mercy on us. So what's the point? This is the power point here. 
We must learn to rise above our failures, our shortcomings, or what have you, but not allow them to become habitual. You see, that's very important. We rise above those things, but don't make a habit of repeating the same old mistakes. And then it says, Paul said, look what I'm doing. I'm reaching. I'm reaching forward to those things which are ahead. See, Paul was in constant pursuit of those things God had in front of him. See, we got to stay looking forward. We got to constantly be pursuing the goals, amen, and the things God have in front of us, amen. And then he says, I press toward the goal. Now, Paul was what? He was propelled forward or pushed forward by his faith. See, genuine faith, it will always result in action. That's why Paul said, I press. That's action. Paul said, look, I press toward the goal. See, Paul was a goal-oriented person. He had goals. Amen. And the goal he had was what? Not only heaven, but some people understand that there are rewards in heaven. So it's not just about missing hell. It's about getting those rewards. Also, look what James 2 and 18 says. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. James says, show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. See, faith is always going to produce action. If a person tell you, listen, I have faith, and you don't see no action behind what they're saying, that's not real faith. That's called mental assent. That means they agree with it with their minds, but there's no action behind it. Look what James 2 and 18 says in the ERV version. But someone might argue some people have faith and others have good works. My answer would be, you can't show me your faith if you don't do anything. See there? But I will show you my faith by the good I do. See, faith is always going to produce action. Then Paul goes on to say, for the prize, that is right there, the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. So Paul did what? He kept his eyes on the prize. What was he talking about? He wasn't just talking about getting to heaven. He was talking about those prizes, the rewards of service to Christ. See, people, some people understand that, listen, there's rewards in heaven. When we stand before the throne of God as believers, we're not standing to be judged. Because our sins have already been judged on the cross of Calvary. Actually, what we're going to be standing before the throne for is for rewards. To see what we're getting. Amen. Because of our service to God. So the prize is the reward for victory. Now, I'm reading these notes from uh, this coming from the New King James Study Bible. But it's some good notes here. So I'm going to read it. It says the prize is the reward for victory. Paul evidently takes to heart what he teaches in 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. It says in the New Testament, this speaks of the divine call to complete salvation. It may refer to the judgment seat of Christ. Here it is right here, the place of reward. Paul does not say that he is pressing on for the call of God, but rather for the prize of that call. You see there? He said, listen, I'm pressing on for the prize of that call. He's not, this key right here, he is not working for salvation, but rather for a reward. 
You see that? See, we don't work to be saved. That's not why we're working. We're working because, number one, God has called us to work. Amen. He has called us to do different things. Some of us are ministers and what have you, stuff like that. God has called us to work. But at the same time, God is going to reward us for our works. And it's more than just heaven. So that's why I put right here, there's more to being saved than missing hell. It's more to it than that. Amen. Look what it says, 1 Corinthians 9 and 24. You know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one runner gets the prize. So run like that. So Paul saying, listen, have that type of attitude. Run to win. Have a, uh, what, a first place effort. Give a first place effort. Do We must do our what? Do our very best in our service to God. We want to do our best. Amen. Don't settle for uh, a second place. Uh, we got to do our very best striving for God to be the best. Listen to this. Be the best Christian you can be. Amen. And that's what we all should be striving for, to be our best. And if God has called us to be a minister, whatever, something like that, be the best minister you can be. Don't be a carbon copy and nobody else. Amen. But learn how to minister the way God has you to minister. Amen. Learn how to be a true original, not a cheap copy of somebody else. And it says, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. Those of us that are mature, we should have that type of mind. Now, what type of mind I'm talking about? And we about to close, y'all. A mind focused on things which are ahead. See, we got to be focused on what's in front of us, not what's behind us. Amen. We have to have a what? A goal-oriented mind. See, we have to have goals in life, spiritual goals and natural goals, especially our young people. You should have goals. Amen? You should, like, if you, you're in college and stuff like that, you should have a goal to complete college and to go on and have a career. There's nothing wrong with that. But you got to make sure that you have spiritual goals as well. Make sure you're, you're not educated. Amen. You get an education, but you don't have salvation, which is retardation. Amen. Make sure you have that part of your life going on, too. Amen. And three, we have a what? A victorious mind, the mind of a winner, a mind of purpose. Recognize, understand, look, I got a purpose in life. God created me for a purpose. I'm a winner. Knowing our victory is already guaranteed. See, I understand. We have to understand Victory is already ours in this life and in the next. Amen. Victory is already ours. So we have to do what? Have a victorious mindset. 